Hello, and welcome to One Real Good Thing, where we dive into one thing you can do today to propel your life in a healthy direction. I'm Ellie Krieger, and in this episode, I'm talking with Chef Virginia Willis. Talk about inspiring. She has transformed her life since starting her health journey in 2019, and she's become a cheerleader for those wanting to make their own lifestyle changes. As she says, if a French trained Southern chef can do it, you can too. One key to success, she says, is building guardrails to keep you on your healthy path. Listen to why that worked for her and what she means by that. Virginia Willis, it is such a pleasure to have you here. I adore you. I absolutely adore you. I want everyone to know it. Um, I adore you as a person, as a friend, as a chef, as someone I admire, as someone who constantly inspires me. So I know everyone who's listening is going to feel the same. Oh my gosh, who's chopping onions? I've got like some leakiness happening here. That was so sweet. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Well, it is completely true. And I'm just sort of blown away. The last time we got together was when you came to my cook, my kitchen, my test kitchen, and we shot a Facebook live together and it was 2018 and you were promoting your book, which was the name of your last secrets, the secrets of the Southern table, which secrets of the Southern table, which is fat. All of your books are fabulous. I believe you have seven now. I think it's seven. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Lucky seven, but that was 2018. And that was before you embarked on this incredible wellness journey, or maybe um, just before really. Um, and so just the path you've taken in the last several years has been remarkable. I know it's going to inspire everyone here. Um, your, I know one thing I know for, for sure is that you cannot tell if somebody's healthy by looking at their, how big their body is. You it's just not different people's weights reflect different aspects of, you know, yep. Different people are healthy at different weights. But for you, you've been on this journey since 2019, right after essentially we last saw each other um, and shot together. And this remarkable health journey has led to, for you, a 65-pound weight loss and a feeling of, I guess you can describe it. How do you feel? How do you feel different now from- when we last saw each other, bookending this to from 2018. Well, honestly, thank you. And honestly, if someone had told me how different I would feel having lost this weight and and kept it off now for two years, I would have never believed them. Honestly, would have never believed that my body could possibly feel so different. So um, I can move. That, that's the that's the easiest. And most succinct way to to explain it is I can move, I can move longer, I can move faster, I can move better, I can move more freely. And I think that I'm very specifically talking about my body, but what it's also done is it's also expanded my mind. Wow, that's deep. (laughs) Yeah, I just talk slow, Ellie, you know that. (laughs) No, that is deep, like... So it's not, so for you, it was the, it was the loss of weight, but I want to reiterate again that it's behaviors that you 
changed in your life that for some people might not ultimately lead to weight loss. Maybe some people need to gain weight to feel better. Yeah. But for you, these behaviors led to weight loss. And you're talking with us now about one of the key facets of that. So this is one real good thing. I compelled you to pick one thing that was so critical to you in this process of getting to this place where you can move mentally, physically. I love that notion. And you picked build wellness guardrails. Yep. So why, why did you pick this? I love that. I love the notion of asking someone to pick because I know that it can be difficult because it's really, there's so many things that are involved in getting on a healthy journey, but why did you pick wellness guardrails? Why is that important to you? And we'll dig into that a little bit. Like what are they? (laughs) So I I call them life guardrails and it is a wellness guardrail. And so, you know, um, So my health journey did start. I was unhappy in my body. Like you said, it could be too much weight or too little weight. There's all sorts of different ways that people work it out, but I was unhappy. I was unhappy in my body. I felt like I needed to make some changes and then all these things happened. Right. So, um, uh, I, I broke up with a 10 plus year relationship. I moved back to Georgia. My, my career was sort of thrown into the Cuisinart because of my professional relationship with my personal relationship. Um, uh, I herniated a disc. Uh, I could hardly walk up my stairs sometimes. I mean, it was, it was just sort of insanity. And then, and then COVID happened and I was sad and unhappy and trying to climb my way out of it. And I just sort of came up with this mental image of guardrails that were going to help keep me on the road. And so, you know, guardrails are those metal things on the side of the road that keep you from sliding into the ditch. And, you know, I just knew that I needed to stay out of the ditch because I was already, you know, trying to make myself a better person, trying to make my life a better life. So what I consider guardrails are eating healthy, drinking less. Alcohol, you mean. <laughs> alcohol, yeah, not water, drinking less alcohol, that's right. Eating he- eating more healthy, drinking less alcohol, exercising more, and being more mindful. Now, none of that is a newsflash for anyone that's had their eyes or ears opened, right? But it really did just sort of boil down to that for me. Like if I can pay attention to those four things, it's going to help me stay on the path that I need to be on the path on. So, and this is, I like your well, your whole life approach, because that is really important that these, all these things, activity, well-being, eating, Mm -hmm. that's all the things we talk about here, because all of those things work together. I call it a three-legged stool. Wellness is a three-legged stool. Maybe for you, it's a four-legged stool, but it's basically similar sort of concept is that all of these things hold the thing up together without any one of them it will not be sturdy. So I think I absolutely couldn't agree more, which is why, again, you inspire me so much. So how did you get from point A to point B from this, like this, you were in the ditch maybe, and how did you get there? How do you start? How does a person start? Well, you know, people start their health journey at the end of the day, because it is sparked within them. Uh, your your mom, your partner, your your daughter, your husband, your your dog, a thousand different entities can tell you that you need to do something with your life, but it's only until that spark is 
lit from within will change actually happen because we all know that change is scary, right? Change is so scary. And it's only until that tipping point where change, the, the, the fear of change is outweighed by the need for change. So that is what started with me. And what specifically started with me was that I was desperately unhappy with my weight. And so I knew that I needed to change it. So I started walking, I started moving more, I started eating more healthfully. And then what the crazy thing that happened is that losing weight was my initial primary focus. But then, but then honestly, fairly quickly, it almost became like a benefit or a bonus or like a, 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 a side, a side gig to the actual goal, which was to be happier. I feel that mental wellness and self-care or is the driving force to behind any of these other behaviors that, that lead to trouble, right? So it's the mental wellness leading it, not just as simple as this, I need to lose weight thing. Right. And that's so much of a deeper reason. And I think you start with what I call, you know, your why, right? Because that's what ultimately is going to motivate you. And I think sometimes even writing that down, like why, and maybe the why is that you want to feel more energy. You want to feel more comfortable in your body. You want to feel happy. I mean, those things are big. And, but, and knowing that, what you're doing is leading to your ultimate why is the only motivation that really is most important, I think. True. And then I think the, you know, the happiness, I've said this so many times, happiness is not a number that's found on a scale between your toes. You know, it's just not there. But what does, um, you know, everyone is going to have their, their different motivators. The thing about the guardrails is that even on the days that you don't feel like it, right? You know, everyone's like, oh, I don't, I'm, I'm poopy and sad today. I think I'll have a bowl of macaroni and cheese. Well, it may, it may placate you for in the short term, right? Those carbs hitting your bloodstream and all that yummy cheese. But then later it may not feel so good. And so I look at the guardrails as something that keeps me on my path, I know that even if I don't feel like it that day, even if I'm like sad or distracted or anxious, if I can check those boxes that I'm eating healthy, I'm putting good things in my body, I'm exercising my body a little bit, I'm being conscious of my mental state, even if it feels robotic, and sometimes it does, I won't deny it. If even if it feels robotic, even if I do it, if I do it, if I check those boxes, I stay out of the ditch. And that is where I want to be. I don't want to be in a ditch. Right. And over time you get to know it's worth it. It's so worth it. Like I go to yoga every Saturday morning, pretty much. And almost every Saturday morning, I don't feel like waking up and moving out of the house early and all of this stuff. I never feel like it. And I always tell my, I remind myself of what it feels like after. And I also tell myself, I've never regretted going. Yes. Yes. I've regretted not going, yes. but I've never in my life regretted going. And no. it's, so you start to, you start to get a track record for yourself and you yeah. build on that. But I'd love to dig in a little bit about specifically your eating guardrails because yep. you, you know, we have this food thing in common, right? Yeah. We're yeah. both 
you know, you're an amazing chef, Virginia. She's, and I mentioned at the beginning, you're classically trained French chef, <laughs> Southern roots. Like, where does this all fit in? Like, can you eat macaroni yeah. and cheese? I think yes. Like I could yes. still have, I could still have it, but maybe I'm just not going to eat a giant bowl of it. Right. 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 Like or- a small scoop. Exactly. And that's the thing. Like, I mean, I kind of say it sometimes it's like, you know, eat the damn cake. If you're going to eat cake, eat cake, eat a good piece of cake, eat a piece of cake that is enough that it's going to satisfy you, you know, not some whisper paper thin slice of cake that you can see through or also not, you know, it drives me crazy to see um, people like fat free cake mix and a can of zero Sprite. That's not cake. That's just a bucket of poison, right? Like that's not. So, so how does this work then? Like, are you, if you have a piece of, you're saying to me, you could be interpreted. I know you're not saying this, but it could be interpreted as like, these are my guardrails, but I could also have cake. So so cake could fit in the guardrails. So how does this work for you? Sorry. Thank you for helping me clarify that. So, um, let me back up for a second. So I can be an emotional eater, right? I, when I'm stressed, I eat when I'm anxious, I eat now also I'm, when I'm happy, I eat when I'm joyful, I eat, you know, I love to eat. So I I realized early on that I needed to make some changes. I needed to, um, you know, not only reduce calories, but also eat more healthfully, not, it's not just about the calories, but I wanted to put more fiber in my body, less fat in my body, less sugar in my body, um, less salt in my body. But I love the taste of good food. I'm a French trained Southern cook. So how do I make that work? It boils down to choices. So on the days when, uh, on the days when I do need that piece of cake that I feel like that I'm at a birthday party and how sad would it be for me not to have cake, then I'm going to have the cake. But if I'm just reaching for a piece of chocolate cake to try to pacify some feelings of feeling inferior, or if I'm just reaching for that bowl of macaroni and cheese because I'm feeling sad, that's not a good reason to eat macaroni and cheese. I want to eat macaroni and cheese because it's going to give me joy. I want to eat macaroni and cheese because it's like delicious macaroni and cheese. So you can interpret it different ways, but it's all about choices. I know that if I'm going to eat a slice of cake, I want a delicious piece of cake at an appropriate time. And I also understand that this is a treat. This is an indulgence. This is not something that I need to be enjoying or, or having every day. So right. when I do have it, it's even, even, it's even better because I've saved sort of saved myself for this delicious piece. Right. I totally get that. And I think you're getting at two things that are like really core to my personal philosophy too. One is it's what you do usually that defines your diet. This is where I, how I started off with episode one of this whole podcast, my usually, sometimes, and rarely food philosophy. That's right. That's right. You have a, your book, one of your last books. That has yeah. yeah. Like all of my books are actually based on that concept, yes. but it was, I outlined it even yep. before I ever wrote a book. Yep. I outlined that for my private clients when I was a diet, private, when I worked with private clients as a dietitian as a nutritionist. And this is what I designed for 
to help them see that there could be a way to fit all of this in and never feel deprived, but also to have this usual path, right? Right, so, right, right. So you're getting at that. And then you're also getting at another thing, which is a sense of mindfulness, mindfulness mm -hmm. of your motivations, mindfulness of why you're reaching for a particular food mm -hmm. and really stopping for a minute and not eating in an impulsive way, but right. eating in a, in a purposeful way. You say, right. make choices. It's purposeful. You're saying, okay, my grandma made this macaroni and cheese, or you didn't say that in particular, right, right, right. but if you were it. to say my auntie, who's the best macaroni and cheese maker in Georgia made this macaroni and cheese, I'm not saying no to this. No, this is a very no. special moment of community in my family or whatever, or I feel the same about a piece of cake. I mean, maybe you yeah. don't want a piece of cake. That's fine. And you don't have to eat one. But if somebody is having a birthday, having a piece of cake, this is a community experience besides just being a yummy cake. So, no, sure. um, so all of those things, this mindfulness, this intention comes into play versus if you're just shoveling food in your face to... And I say that so, so coarsely, but it's almost like to fill a hole that yeah. really cannot be filled with food. <laughs> preach, preach, sister woman. That is the truth. And so, so, okay. So let's just like flip it instead of talking about cake and macaroni and cheese. If I'm, I'm a, if I'm a stress eater or if I'm, a, I can be a board eater. So when I'm driving or worse, worse is like a, watching a sports match. Like a, I'm a big Georgia football fan. So when I'm watching Georgia play and there's a bowl of chips and dip out, but I'm going to eat the chips and the dip. But what I do instead now is I put out grape tomatoes. I put out uh, carrot sticks with yummy yogurt ranch dressing. I, I put out tortilla chips, but I put out the baked tortilla chips, a fat-free bean dip. So, you know, when I'm driving in the car, instead of um, instead of like just a bag of potato chips, uh, I would get like a bag of popcorn, which of course, as you know, is whole grain, or I'll take a pint of blueberries and snack on the blueberries. The motion's the same, literally, as we agreed, coarsely shoving it in your mouth, but I know I'm shoving blueberries in my mouth. So I'm, I'm recognizing the fact that I'm going to do this, but instead of doing it with things that aren't good for me. I'm trying to do it th with things that are good for me. Right. So making these simple swaps mm -hmm. can make simple a huge swap. difference. And I think you really, you really are a great example of that. That doesn't have to be like some massive overhaul in some way, mm -hmm. but all of these little things add up to them this massive overhaul over time. And consistency is really key here. So it yeah. needs to be, and that's part of the reason why you need to be able to have the cake and macaroni and cheese sometime because the consistency is what matters. You've been doing this for how many years now? And look, it's staying off your way to staying off. You're staying healthy. And you so, know what's so crazy, Ellie, is that, um, so I lost this weight using Weight Watchers, right? Uh, it's an easy accountability system. There, there's a million and 12 to choose from, but that was the system that I used because frankly, it's easier to count up 20 points than 2000 points, 2000 calories, right? So that's what I started with. But the truth, the honest to goodness truth is I have hardly more than a week at a time punched points in over a year. Like I'll, I'll keep an eye on it. And when I need to, I'll dive back in and use the app and use the system. But what's really happened truly is that my eating habits have consistent, my consistency with those good eating habits, my attention to those guardrails 
has not changed, has now stayed the same. It's now sort of entrenched in who I am and what I want to be. So I don't have to worry about it. And I know that I have like this indulgence and that indulgence. And then there's the, the sometimes rarely and never, ever, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah. you yeah, know, no it, such thing as never, but no usually, I say never. usually sometimes and rarely, but yeah, yes, rare. a lot, um, but it doesn't, it's all, it's splitting hairs. But I think the word never, I think for me, I recoil at the notion of yeah. never because it, well, who wants deprivation? Nobody wants yeah. deprivation. No, it doesn't work over time. It really okay. doesn't. Um, so you talk a lot about how the, your guardrails, uh, two things I wanted to ask you. One is sort of the mental health mm-hmm. aspect of this and how this keeping to these guardrails has helped you emotionally, mentally, and how that's the linchpin for you. And then the second thing I wanted to ask is, do you actually like when you say, oh, I want to check off eight, well, check off. And do you actually do that? Like check it off in your mind, in a book. And because I think that sort of accountability and that sort of gold star that you give yourself as you might give a child is actually really helpful. No, sure. Well, let's just go with that one. So what, one of the ways that I do keep up with that and like check, and it really is writing things down is I'm now I keep a gratitude journal. So I keep a gratitude journal that I write in every morning and every night. And it started at night and I was still feeling a little um, not sure footed as I wanted to be. So I thought, you know what, we're just going to, we're going to, we're going to take two pills, so to speak. So um, I, write in my gratitude journal every night, three things that I was grateful for, for the day. I write something that I learned during the day and it could be, I learned a new recipe or it could be like, I dug deep and I discovered something about myself. It can be anything I learned. And then I, I do something very similar in the morning and I write down three things that I'm grateful for. I write down a couple of things that are going to help me have a good day. And then I write down a couple of affirmations. So I'm very focused being a writer. And this is a a pen in a book. You know, this is real honest to goodness, old fashioned paper. But I write that down every day. And what sort of became apparent to me is um, as part of the guardrails, um, my sort of mantra is I want to be healthy and strong. I want to be clear and focused. I want to be graceful and calm. And when I say graceful, I mean full of grace. And then I want to be open to abundance. So those are the things that I want. And I have, you know, hello, come to realize that if my actions are parallel with those wants, then then that's when it all works. And so a lot of times what's going to make my day a good day. The One of the things that I wrote down this morning was um, organized and efficient work right? Because I had a lot going on. And then the second thing that I wrote down was to eat and be healthy and strong, right? So I knew that I needed to eat well today and exercise well today. So it really is like, it's a physical thing. You, You have to make it, you, we, all of us, one has to make it real. Otherwise it's just a concept. We have to make it real for things to work. And so even if you feel like you have no time, let's say, okay, it's a crazy day. I have a million and one work things to do. How are you going to fit in that exercise? Well, a great example is what happened yesterday. I was like, I delayed my walk because I needed an appointment. I had an appointment dealing with my mom and things kind of went sideways on it. And about 1030, I realized that my anxiety level and my blood pressure were like at the roof, I felt like. And I'm like, I, I, I like almost was like a deer in headlights. And I was like, I got to go walk. 
and I laced up my shoes and I went for a walk and the sky was blue and beautiful and the leaves are falling. And five seconds into this walk, I am automatically better person. If someone doesn't have time to fill their tank, it's the equivalent for me of not having time to go put the check in the bank. It doesn't do you any good. Oh, I don't have time to go fill my car with gas. What? I don't have time to deposit that check into my banking account. You have to fill your tank. It's so funny. I, I so agree. It's a funny saying, I don't have time to put my check in the bank. And then you don't have the money. And it's the same. I sometimes tell myself, oh, no, I just don't have time to do any exercise today. Oh, no, I can't afford it. I can't afford it to do any exercise. And then I say to myself, this other little voice on my other shoulder says, girl, you can't afford not to. Right. <laughs> That's the whole thing. And then that voice, I just let that voice win. And it's really true because when you look at the bigger picture and a lot of this just amounts to looking at the bigger picture, not getting out of this micro view of your moment of your day and looking at the bigger picture of what's important. And that's ultimately what leads to happiness. And you touched on this. I love your journal uh, mantra, your goals, what your, your, your desires, Mm -hmm. those are very beautiful. Maybe we can write those down somewhere. I I try to live by them. But the notion of happiness coming from living according to what you really value in life. Mm -hmm. I, I have heard philosophers talk about that is actually the source of happiness is when your actions of your everyday life are in accordance with what you say that you value. Because very often we get so caught up in minutia and other, we get sidetracked from what our core values are. And we wind up acting and behaving and eating in ways and whatever it may be, our whole life now is not in accordance what we say our values are. Right, right. You You are what you do. Yes. You are what you do. And you are what you do repeatedly, which gets back to that yeah. consistency yeah. thing. So, I mean, there's a lot of like deep thoughts here, but I think it's very motivating because it really comes down to literally lacing up your boots and going for that 10 minute walk or whatever it is that's going to change your whole perspective on everything. Oh, and I think what you speak of mindfulness, one thing that just really literally came to me in the past couple of days is um, we, we keep hearing this term and it sounds kind of crunchy granola and you know, what does that mean? So mindfulness to me is, is like being able to be in the balcony to look at my life and not being stuck on the dance floor, looking at my life. Cause when you're on the dance floor, you can't see the big picture and, you know, or when, you know, when I'm crazy, crazy, I can't see the big picture, but like, you know, just like yesterday when that happened with my mom and I, I had the cognizant moment to think this is stressing me out. Nothing good is going to come from this unless I abate the stress, right? It's being able to like take a step back and realize that that 10 minute walk, it may take 10 minutes that I don't have, but that 10 minutes is going to give me tenfold of what I needed, tenfold productivity, tenfold satisfaction, and, and tenfold the likeliness that I'm going to stick to those things that I know that make me happy. If I had not walked yesterday, I might've been inclined to like shove something unhealthy in my mouth. If I had not taken that walk, I might have like, oh, dang gum, it's five o'clock. I want an old fashioned, you know, or, you know, things like that, right? Like, it's like, and I know is one old fashioned going to kill you? No, not just like one bowl of macaroni and cheese is not, but it's that consistency 
and it's habits. It's really, really, really boils down to our brain being in the habit of doing something because our brains love neuroscience loves habits. And that's, that's really what it is all about. Yes. And your guardrails really point to habit. They're really putting you on a path of habits. Mm -hmm. And I just love that notion. And I hope everyone feels inspired to think about what their guardrails might be for themselves mm -hmm. and what happiness means to them and living within their value system and creating, you know, doing small things that are going to add up. Yeah. Little you, things add up. That's exactly it. Yeah. And then I love on your website, you have this fabulous quote, um, which I'm going to read. It's, I am a real life walking example that this can be done. It's changed my life. It's not just about weight. It's about feeling good in your body, taking care of your body and living your best life. Uh, so <laughs> you did. You did. Uh, yes, I did. Did that is amazing, and I, I'd love to give you an opportunity to, um, to add to that, or, or we can just wrap up with that and and leave everyone with all this wonderful uh, inspiration. I think the only thing I want to say, Ellie, is that you know, people can do this too. You know, people. I feel like when people are in a bad space, whether it's they're heavy or uh, unhappy or whatever that is, like it's overwhelming. And, you know, like I know for me, for example, I was looking at this and I needed to lose 65 pounds. Holy heck, how, what? That's just, I can't, I can't get my head wrapped around that. So I would just say that don't quit before you start. Don't quit before you start. It, you can do it. People can do this, but many wonderful things are possible if you put your mind to it. And I know that I am uh, immensely more happy and healthy and satisfied and joyful than I was before I started this journey. So it is so you are worth it. People are worth it. Absolutely. And I'm so happy for you because you're worth it and you deserve that happiness. So good for you for finding it. And, and my heart is, is entirely with you. Yes. Um, so thank you so much for being here and uh, thank you all for listening. Thanks for listening. I hope you're inspired to build guardrails that work for you. And be sure to check out Virginia Willis's new booklet, Fresh Start, which is available on her website. I hope you'll join me next time for another One Real Good Thing. <laughs>